Yo, what's up, you guys? This is Polly Shore, and welcome to the premiere episode of my new podcast entitled Interested. Why do I call it Interested? Because I'm actually interested in a lot of the people that I'm talking to, and I hope you guys are what? Interested, too, of course. So I thought, um, since Robin Williams recently passed away, I thought it would be... um, I don't know, my duty and my obligation since I grew up around comedy since I was a little little boy to interview um, in this first episode Robin Williams's not only working partner and dude that he did a lot of shit with and you know got on stage with and improvised but Robin Williams's best friend uh, Mr. Rick Overton Everybody wants to be remembered for their most recent joke and not their first joke. So I thought, what other better person to co-host this particular episode with me? The, the first episode, the Mr. Ed Bagley Jr., ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Ed? Paulie, so good to see you. Man. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Please tell the people that are listening who Rick, Rick Overton is, because... He's a friend of mine. He's a brilliant comic. He has an act like no other. He's one of the brightest guys I know standing up on your stage. He's Mm. extraordinary. And a guy that really has a lot of similar worldviews to my perspective. And just a great guy, a great friend for many years. Back when I was still doing stand-up in the early days, we have a long and rich history. Yeah, but for the people that, um, that that might be like, well, what has he done, like, oh, like, like TV-wise? Uh, like, so they with can schmucks, connect with him. Dinner with Schmucks. He okay. was in that, of course, and uh, TV shows. He's done a million sitcoms and what yeah. have you. He's uh, definitely the guy that you would see and be like, oh, shit, I know that dude. Yeah, right, but right. he was great in Dinner with Schmucks. He's been uh-huh. great in a million different movies and things, and uh, and he regularly shows up to all my crackpot environmental things I'm doing. He shows right. up and does a great set for that. <laughs> right. It's off the cuff. It's not like, yeah. wow, that's a set piece that yeah. he's had in his back pocket. And he was also in Miss Doubtfire, a little part in that with That's Robin. right, he was yeah. in Doubtfire, because Robin yeah. loved him, as yeah. you know. Yeah. And he loved Robin. Yeah, and that's why I, I, you know, wanted to sit down with him because it was part of the Comedy Store Memorial. Um, and for those of the people that are, are listening, Ed Bakley Jr., I met you the first time, I think, when I did St. Elsewhere with... Correct. ...with Howie Mandel. That's right. right. That was in the 80s, in the mid-80s. Yeah, we, that was fucking awesome. It was great. I played, my girlfriend was dying of cystic fibrosis. And that's I played right. a punk rocker, and you were one of the doctors on St. Elsewhere. And you were appropriately anguished. Yeah, <laughs> Right. So, um, so Ed and I reconnected recently, you guys, through the Comedy Store Memorial for Robin Williams, as we all know, who passed away. And um, tell us a little bit about that experience in the room, in the main room that you had that. Because a lot of people, I think, out from the outside were heard about the memorial, but they actually weren't physically in the memorial. So uh, the Comedy Store night. So tell us. We had Bob Saget. We had Rick Overton. You were there. All these great friends of his were there. Norm McDonald. Norm was there. Norm right. was wonderful. And people were very emotional because people were just trying to wrap their heads around. What happened to Robin? Uh-huh. How can that be? Yeah. You know, how much pain was he in that he yeah. would even consider and, such yeah. a thing? And Larry Bresner, his manager of like 40 years, was there. He spoke. He spoke and he was which great. Was crazy. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, and also uh, Sarah Michelle Geller was there. Right. Seth Green was there. Yeah, it was uh, an incredible night yeah. and uh, funny and dark and you know it, yeah. irreverent it was just wonderful and you worked with robin on, on a couple stuff what was it 
we worked on a lot of environmental things. We would do these, uh, the Bobby Kennedy, you know, uh, Waterkeeper Alliance thing. Wow. You know, we did uh, that sort of thing. I never had so the pleasure of working so with him on stage or in a movie, but I was a big fan of his. I was there as a fan as much as anything. Yeah. Look at the body of work, um, yeah. Awakenings and all these incredible yeah. so, movies. Yeah, Moscow so, and the Hudson is, is a huge talent. Yeah, we're going to get into that. So you guys sit back. This is my first episode of the, um, the podcast, Interested. Um, Ed Bagley Jr. is going to sit in and, and comment with me on the Rick Overton interview that I did. Rick Overton, to me, whenever I would see him, I would think of Robin Williams. Just like I would th see David Spade, I would think of Chris Farley. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. So Rick Overton was very close with Robin and was very much affected by the, the death of Robin Williams. And so are you interested? I'm very interested. He's one of the few people, Rick, I can think of who could hold his own yeah. with Robin on stage. Very and he did much that. so. And yeah. let's yeah, let's sit back and listen to him. Here it is, you guys. This is Rick Overton um, discussing about Robin Williams' passing and, and amongst other things. So check it out. And this is Ed Bagley Jr. He's going to comment with me. So here we are, guys. So how many of you how many of you done of these things lately? These interviews. interviews. I've had a handful of I've had a handful of interviews these days. Uh, right. Since his passing, geez, it must be up to ten now. Ten. Yeah, practically. So who are the people that have called? Some. Uh, I saw you on some like, news. Insider, inside, insider, inside edition, and uh, PBS, and then some uh, radio stations. And yeah, it was the radio stations. Yeah. yeah so thanks answer. for thanks for sitting down with me. You I mean, I and know, I yeah. needed to have a talk, whether there were mics in our yeah. face or not, about this. I you know, because this was a giant chunk of holy our shit. mutual history. Yeah, is now capped mm. in a way. You know, it mm. started had a beginning, and I, I, in my wildest imagination, I couldn't picture the end part of it. I could only picture the continuing part. Wow. My brain has yet to completely wrap around that this has a parenthetical end to it, you know? Right. And you, yeah, because I said to you off mic, I said to you, whenever I thought of Robin Williams, I thought of you. Well, we did a lot of teamwork, man, over yeah. the years. I mean, you're, you're Rick fucking Overton, bro. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, how many movies did you guys do together? We did one movie together. We had Mrs. But, Doubtfire, he had me come in and be the maitre d' in Bridges Restaurant. Okay. And uh, when he's running back and forth and getting drunker and drunker, and he could have given that part to anybody. Yeah. But he gave the part to me, and I needed the cash, and he, like, rescued me by doing so. Wow. And that was really a great thing. Uh, but he's been a pal over the years, and we would get up. The, the best part was getting next to him and playing. Right. And going that speed while playing. Right. So are you from San Francisco? No, I'm from New Jersey. Oh, yeah, you're from New Jersey. But you, you fucked with Robin down in San Francisco? Uh, when, first met he, him in New York, man, a catch rising star when okay. he came in with uh, Elaine. Oh, wow. So I'm here with uh, Ed Bagley Jr. listening to Rick Overton. Um, so... Because people think of you, they don't think of stand-up comedy, but you did stand-up. I did stand-up for years. Uh, I started back in 1969 mm. with Michael Richards. We had a duo, 
Wow. And then we came in here, I guess it was 73 when the this club store. opened. Yeah, came yeah. here to the comedy store. We opened st in 72. 72, then yeah. it was 72. It was a few weeks after it opened. I got a call from Rudy DeLuca. Wow. Uh, Sammy and Rudy were... Sammy, you know, my dad. Exactly, your wonderful dad, who right. I love, and your mom, who I love. You know, uh, and they were, you know, getting comics to come and show up because before that it would be the Troubadour kind of owned all the comics, you know, mm. who would come or the Ice House. That mm. was kind of it. And then the Roxy would have some comics there. But with a comedy store, a place for comics only, this was fantastic. Mm. This was going to be great. And but of course did, it was. So you did stand up with Mike Richards? With Michael Richards. And he yeah. went off and joined the Army. He didn't mm. want to get drafted, so he went. I'll, you know, I'll roll with this. I'll do mm. jujitsu. I'll, I'll join the army yeah, and I have some control him. over he my destiny. He was fucking crazy. Wasn't in that show called Peanuts or something? Uh, Fridays. 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 And Fridays. it was a great, great show called Fridays with Larry David. Um, uh, who else was in it? Uh, was Ju oh no, Julia Louis Drivers. I worked with her when I did Saturday Night Live. She was in so that. You Larry David was a. Before, I started doing stand up. I started doing stand up thanks to your dad and your mom. You know, I did stand up. I'd done it at the Troubadour and the Ice House, but then I came to the Comedy Store right after you guys opened, and uh, you know, started to do the work here. But I didn't have the belly for it. You guys. I, I don't know how he continued to do this great work. Mm. Uh, when Michael Richards joined the Army, I'd lost my partner, and I went off my own and did it for a while and did some clubs and colleges and concerts, did the bottom line in New York and Max's Kansas City and the mm. Troubadour and the where Ice did House. You, yeah, where did you meet Robin? Because Robin came to the Comedy Store in 76. By then I had stopped. I actually stopped in 76. Mm. So I came in and met him as a fan. Oh, wow. I would go, you know, where, at the I, Comedy Store? Yeah, at the Comedy Store. Right. I would see him play here, and I was just blown away by the speed and the alacrity. I wanted to be what he was, and I knew I'd never do it. My mind didn't work nearly as fast as him, but I can promise you my mouth didn't. <laughs> you know, I try to have these ideas. Did I try you, to get them out. I get tongue-tied. Did you do improv class with him? Because remember I talked about when I was doing the memorial, I talked about the Comedy Store players. Yeah, were I, you part of the Comedy Store players? I was not. The wonderful Jim Stahl was. We're like separated. Who were some of the twin. people? Who else was in the comedy store? Was it Lucy think, Webb? Yes, Lucy Webb was, Le I think. Wasn't it was Larry Martin Miller? Was Martin Short in that too? No, no, Larry Miller, I think. Larry Miller, that's right. Yeah. Martin Short jammed with Robin on stage in another occasion yeah. uh, at the comedy store. You're right. But uh, there was great people. Jim Stahl, who was, you know, we look like we're twins, Jim and I. Yeah. But uh, by then, I had gotten married, and I had had a baby on the way, and I went, I don't want to work in saloons anymore. I just want to, you know, work in a, a place, a set where there's a dressing room, and somebody knocked. Ten minutes, Mr. Begley, and somebody else right. is writing all the jokes. You yeah. know, I so, didn't. I wasn't as good a writer as you guys are. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I just came as a fan and watched Robin at that point because I, I stopped the year that Robin started in '76, and then I would see him because I'm good friends with Penny Marshall, so I'd see him mm. with Penny and Gary Marshall's a good friend. Yeah. Then he started doing Mark, and I was yeah. just blown away. So it was yeah. So I'd hang around the set and watch him improvise. You know, they'd have these scripted line, scripted line, then go. You know, like. Robin. They just have like a thing, Robin. Some and he would just fuck around. He'd just, he just go yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, you know, yeah. cut together this gold. Yeah, I think that's why, you know, uh, why so many people are so affected um, by the death of Robin Williams because everyone knew that that's who he was, was that guy that would just go. And there is no one else like that. No one. No one like him. He's There's, extraordinary. Yeah. It was kind of like when John Lennon died. You know what I mean? It was just I like, know. whoa. 
you know, the whole, everyone the, was really affected. That won't be happening again soon. But something that Rick said is so true about Robin to another side besides the comedy, and that is his generosity, mm. what he did for Rick by yeah. making sure, hey, I haven't seen him in anything, a TV or a film for mm. a while. Let me do this for him. Yeah. He was like that. You'll hear hundreds right. of stories like that where he would help cool. someone. So we're here with uh, Polly Shore. That's me. What's up? What's up? Mr. Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. Are you interested? I am. All right. Here we go, guys. Yeah, so you met Robin at the Catcher Rising Star. What year was that? That must have been 77. 77. So that was like a year after he came out here to the Comedy Store. Right. Right. Yeah, maybe it was 76. Geez, you know. Uh, but I remember seeing him bounce into the club for huh. the improv in New York and then uh, catch. And then we started talking. And, uh, and then he heard I do improv and we had a mutual love of Jonathan Winters. Huh. And we bonded over the fact that we both loved when Dad would pop the needle on the Jonathan Winters record for mm. us. Yeah. So wow. we were sort of formatted the same, and it gave us the confidence to play with each other on stage. Right. So, 70, so 77, and we're in 2014, 2015, around there now. So how many years is that that you've known Robin? It's got to be 30, 30 to 40 five, years. 36 years now. Jesus, God. Mm. I keep thinking it was just yesterday. Mm. I keep thinking I can call him. Yeah. I have it, not really slept well since this has happened. Really? Oh, I picture a funny set we did together. Mm. And I'll just sit up all night and think about it. Right. So did you know that, like, his death and, and his parting oh, and everything yeah. was, like, bigger than... Um, I was watching TMZ, and I was watching Harvey Levin. You know TMZ, the old Jewish dude? The executive yeah, producer? Yeah, and he said that the death of Robin Williams crashed the TMZ website, and no one has ever done that before. There was so much interest about Robin Williams' death, and the people were so hurt by it, and so, so more than Michael Jackson, he said. That's like... This is this John Lennon-sized death yeah. in our culture. That's and what I'm saying. to all those naysayers who thought they'd be clever and say, oh, he's a coward, he's this or that, yeah, Better watch your words. Gonna like Rush Limbaugh just lost a bunch of stations from doing that because hmm. he went after somebody who adored the troops and the troops adored him. That was a stupid move, man. What happened? Rush Limbaugh was bagging on Robin Williams mm. and saying he's all these. You know, it was the liberal lifestyle and his drug use that killed him. That has nothing to do with what mm. happened. And uh, the he alienated a lot of his fan base and lost four markets huh. they dropped him as a as a radio station there so what do you think about the fact that um that the TMZ website crashed well not i'm not at all surprised to hear it it's just shocking Crazy. information and totally believable though when you uh, just take a second to digest it because of the way that he was loved by people as rick rightly states from both sides of the aisle he was a friend to our troops would go overseas and entertain the troops and you know he uh, you know he certainly shared a lot of my same beliefs but he was a guy that also believed in taking care of people who are courageous among us and courageous in other parts of the mm -hmm. world and going there and making sure that they have a few laughs after they've done their very difficult yeah. work. Yeah, so just, I mean, Robin Williams' death, it, it kind of transcended 
it transcended every color, also every race and all that stuff, right? It Just did. every person was... Everybody Every age, loved him. right? Yeah, I, I don't know anybody from any age, demographic group, anybody from any ethnicity, uh, you know, who, who wasn't a Robin Williams fan. You know, it's hard to not appreciate that kind of genius. And, and like Rick and like Robin, I was a huge fan of, of Jonathan Winters. And like Robin and Rick, I got to know him a bit too. And so it comes from that kind of place. Ro uh, you know, Robin, of course, featured him on Mork and Mindy and loved him in so many ways and they jammed together repeatedly and uh, you know Jonathan Winters was a huge talent and the great thing about Robin he always you know would have an homage to Jonathan and and make it clear that he was standing on his very tall and yeah. broad shoulders yeah, and he was the that's first. how generous he was yeah cool all right we're here with uh, Ed Begley Jr. this is my podcast interested we're listening to Rick Overton who is very close with Robin Williams and we're going to get deeper into it you guys so I hope you're still interested here we go So why do you think that, I mean, f for me, I know why I feel that Robin affected the world, but you as his, his, you know, Rick Overton, like you're his, you were his best friend. You were like his, you were his, you know, his, his bro, dude, you guys were, your hearts were together. Like, and why do you think that, that he was so affected by the world? Like, because not only was there a black cloud over Hollywood when he passed away, there was a black cloud over world, every over the world, every race, every color, every genre, gay, lesbian, this, that was all affected by Robin. It was like a thunderclap in the sky. Mm. Shuttered us. Mm. Everything was rattled. Mm. And it, I don't just bounce back and you know whistle through the next day after that. And we, you know, and we know as adults what we're mourning for. We're mourning for us. We're mourning for the fact that we don't get to see him anymore. Mm. That's what the mechanism does mm. when it loses a supply of energy. And what that says is he was a supply of energy mm. to us, for us to mourn the cutting of it like an umbilical from a mother. Mm. You see the body of that work you, and then wonder where it would have gone next. Do you think Robin knew that he was that? I don't know if he did all the time. Mm. And no matter how many accolades you receive, it doesn't always fill the cup inside because it's asking for another kind of liquid to fill it, something else. And it isn't all the things we would have said, well, that would have filled my cup. Mm. But different people have different stuff, you know. And no matter how many times you say you were a genius, they go, no, 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 you're a genius. No, so, no, no. So it's like when someone says to you or to anyone, hey, I love you or thank you for this gift. It's, it's very hard for people to accept love. It's very hard for people to accept, you know, gifts. So do you think it was hard for, for people, for Robin to have it really sit in that he, that he w was so loved? He was a genuine and humble man. Mm. Really humble mm. and quiet mm. and considerate and would be of service mm. to people. He would stop and take everyone's photo from every angle and then the one person holding the camera the whole time hmm. spin around make sure that person got a picture yeah. too you know he would take time yeah, but, out of the day but that I'd be walking then, along with him just seeing him really show adoration back yeah. to fans which you don't always see that yeah but that that he did but then when he was by himself what was going on he played a lot of you know m video games that required his mind to work quickly mm. and work with the acuity of his uh, hands and stuff 
Yeah, but what? what bicycle for hours. Yeah, he loved he the bike. He would bicycle yeah. for hours. He was a solid bullet of a man. Yeah, but he was did you know? Yeah, solid steel guy. You'd bang your break a hammer on his legs. You know. Yeah. Did you know he was going through? I mean, you knew what he was going through personally, but you didn't know it was his his gnarly. I mean, did he ever talk? Because I had I had an ex girlfriend that took her life. Okay, her name was Savannah. She was a porn star, and I was very affected by it. And it was in the um, it was in the '90s, and I loved her. My mom loved her, and she was just underneath the porn star. She was a human being. Her name was Shannon. Fucking awesome, really funny, very sweet, and and she took her life. But she told me she told me she was going to several times because she was going through what she whatever it is she was going through. She was leaving little clues. Yeah, little things. So did no, Robin. We ever- didn't get little clues like this with Robin, man. There was no little I'm going to do that. Maybe there mm. was and I didn't hear about wow. it. But at a certain point, he the in the last few weeks, the communications started to dwindle, taper off a little bit. And I started to get shorter, shorter texts. So um, I wanted to stop at that point. Um, I mean, obviously, y- you don't know either. What no, he was nobody's going to no know. I don't think we're ever yeah. going to get to the bottom of this yeah. mystery. But uh, he was a guy, you know, the, this mind, the speed and the complexity that was his friend mm. up to that point maybe became the enemy where voices those quick and Mm. brilliant voices started Mm. saying things that were untrue or unkind to himself Mm. that's certainly possible Mm. that somehow that you know that incredible gift uh it turned on a fabrication to fabricate yeah but is it almost like remember uh animal house there was the devil and the angel right Do do you think like the devil got the best of them or what some sort of devil did. I don't know what. Because Rick says later on that, that that person that killed himself wasn't Robin. No, I don't think yeah. it was Robin. There's something going on from some heart medication he had or Parkinson's mm. medication mm. or something that, that occurred, some chemical imbalance, because that was not Robin that did that. It's just so uncharacteristic. Uh, he, Rick talked about the bike riding. I bike went on bike rides regularly with him. Mm. This and was, George Bush, I heard, too. Yeah, no, and, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, we did go with uh, Dick Reardon, though, the mayor of L.A., who's a okay. Republican. We went in a bike ride, Robin and I and Dick Reardon, and uh, Robin says, we're going to kill the mayor. Oh, my God. It'll be in the paper. <laughs> right. uh, noted uh, eco-activist and uh, eco-terrorist Ed Begley and Robin Williams killed the mayor of Los Angeles. But, of course, we didn't. Uh, the mayor of Los Angeles was a great bike rider, but we had a bike ride, notably one, uh, one afternoon up in the hills there, up above uh, you know Sunset Boulevard with Robin and the mayor. And he was an incredible bike rider. And then he always loved his gadgets and stuff. He had something I'd never seen it before. It's now I know everybody knows who rides a bike. It's called a Camelback, you know, mm. and, and became available in the 90s. But Robin was the first one I know that had one. It's like a water bottle that fits on your back that has a tremendous amount of water. Mm. And a little straw that comes around, sits right mm. near your mouth. So you can just kind of turn your head and go right. and get a little sip. Kind of like being a dentist. Exactly. You right. got the little rinse. So what do rinse. You, but yeah, but what do you think it was? I mean, because he had a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, an awesome career. He just, it was because he had, uh, was it um, depression? Do you know about depression? I mean, we're all, we all get depressed, but do you think it's like alcoholism where it's a, a depression is a disease? Uh, it, it might be. It I don't know much yeah. about it. Anybody gets depressed once we in a while. We all get depressed. I get a little bit depressed, yeah. but it goes away in yeah. like 
five minutes. Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't think it ever yeah, hits a double digit. Yeah. I just kind of go, well, wait a minute. I got, you know, everything's kind of mm. groovy. I got three wonderful kids, grandkids to look at where I'm yeah. living and my wife and uh, and you got blessed. your solar panel house. I got my solar panel house yeah. and my low utility bills. Yeah. What, what am I complaining about? Yeah. So uh, that's what I always come back to so, in quickly. Yeah. But some dark, brilliant voices inside of him maybe started talking the some devil. smack. The devil. Yeah. All right. We're here with um, Ed Bagley Jr. This is Polly Shore on Interested. We have uh, Rick Overton. We're going to get deeper, you guys. This is on uh, about the death of Robin Williams and how much he affected his close, close friends. And this is kind of like taking the um the memorial that that happened at the comedy store a couple weeks back and putting in an audio kind of translation so the people in america and the world can hear about this all right here we go i think i was i was watching was it cnn or something and they interviewed the the lady that served his last breakfast and she seemed like Robin wasn't acting weird. She was, he was just being cool. You know? I don't, you know. I don't know what mechanism does this yeah. in the human brain, but I know that that guy wasn't Robin. Right. That, that the things that break in our bodies, there's also breakable parts in our minds decision-making centers in our brains. Those things can break. Wartime breaks them constantly on people. A trauma the, and disease does it. And having your heart restarted mm. because whereas in a computer where you restart and you see the little wheel going, ah, it didn't restart right. You right. just restart, restart three times till it goes. You don't have that luxury with a heart. You mm. restart it once and pray that it takes mm. and nobody's fucking touching it after that yeah so even if it didn't completely come up all the way because it has its own little computer in there that regulates your mood and other stuff and reading up tons about this stuff i'm sure and since yeah. his heart surgery because i've seen him get kind of depressed since the heart surgery and so mm. this is a really interesting new field that a lot of people don't know a lot about and mm. and doctors are cranking people out like midas muffler jobs with partially restarted hearts. And that's why 40% of heart patients suffer from suicidal tendencies. They mm. don't all act out on it, mm. but they all seem to get it. I mean, 40%, this is a statistic now after having a heart stopped and restarted, mm. to have worked on it. Listen to what he's saying. 40% of the people undergo, undergo that kind of serious heart surgery have not just depression, suicidal tendencies. Mm. There you go. That's a pretty, that's close to 50, 50 odds that that's going to happen. I'm afraid that happened to Robin. Mm. So didn't David Letterman have heart surgery? He had it open because I remember. I think uh, he did. Yeah, because I remember, I remember when Robin Williams was on David Letterman's show and they had that kind of connection. That's right. Yeah. So I think for Robin, I think it was a combination of a whole bunch of stuff. I think so. Like the Parkinson's. I mean, here we are. It's so funny because Robin's looking at us right now going, you're fucking retarded. Like, it, it had was nothing to do with than, any of that. Right. right. We think it's this. We think it will <laughs> never Robin, know. thanks, bro. Everyone's trying to fucking guess how you, why you did it. Yeah. But um, you don't know, right? Yeah, I just want to get together with people like you that knew him well and Rick Overton and yeah. talk about him and keep his memory alive yeah. and remember the joy and the laughter. And we can second guess and wonder about that and maybe we'll come up with something. Somebody smarter than me will. And But Rick has Boy. a pretty good handle on it. He has some th theories that seem to hold water, at, but we'll probably never know absolutely. Yeah, because usually when, when, um, when someone kills himself, when someone kills himself, you always hear about it. You always kind of know why. 
But with Robin, we're just, everyone's trying to take little pieces of why we think he did it. Yeah. But Parkinson's, his show got canceled. Um, right. His heart surgery, you know, his, his ex-wives or I don't, you know what I mean? You hear so much stuff, but maybe it was a combination of all that stuff, but maybe it was like he just didn't want to be here anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think when you do something like that, you have to be in a tremendous amount of pain to go through that action. Emotional pain, physical pain, combination of the two, I don't know. But it's coming from a place of tremendous pain, I would guess. My dad's going through some stuff right now. My dad, My dad's 86, and he had a pacemaker I think put in and then he just had to redo it yeah and and I guess you know when you're in your 80s and you're getting surgery it's fucked up I mean look at Joan Rivers yeah how's right she doing now. what's the latest um I don't know but I'm sure when this interview comes out people will know we'll know the story about that. yeah they'll know the story about that but I, I guess anywhere in your 70s or 80s if you're getting any type of any type of surgery Um, that's uh, we're here with Ed uh, Ed Bagley. That's how timely this is right now because when I did the interview with Rick, Joan Rivers was I guess in a coma. Was it in a coma? She was. She was in. I think they might have even induced the coma mm. so that they because there was a, some complications from some vocal cord surgery, and uh, and now we know what Rick and you did not know then that she's sadly passed. But mm. uh, what another great loss that is. Fuck. She was fantastic. That was just terrible. Every time I fucking drive down Sunset. It's always another rest in peace on the Laugh Factory in the Comedy Store. I know. What's I up keep, with that? I don't know. I keep the black jacket near the door at this point. I know. That's you know, what you said to me in your email. Who right. died? Paul Mazursky? Yeah, Paul Mazursky. I just came from his memorial last night. Jesus. I guess that's a function of being my age. I'm 65 now, so wow. I just, you know, I should keep it in the car. It's not close enough by the door in case wow. I get a call on the way home. Wow. Here we are, guys. So, so Robin was... Um, he was sober for 20 years, and then all of a sudden, because I saw him, I think it was on either Letterman or John Stewart or something, and he brought up the fact that like he saw a little, little small, little alcoholic bottle, and he's like, "Oh, it just talked to him," and da 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 da. Because I assume I'm not an alcoholic, thank God. I mean, let me knock on wood on that. I mean, it's not in my system where I have to always, you know what I mean? Where I, where I always have to go through that, but. But I, I assume after 20 years, and then all of a sudden deciding to get back into it, especially after the heart surgery and, and all that stuff, that must have been really, really tough on him. It is on some people. I mean, and depending just on their as chemical far as his compound. age and yeah, the you know, age. getting back into it at yeah. that age. Yeah, but I think all of the external things that our logical minds want to search for as a reason that we can piece together like a detective to figure out how this case works. Yeah it's almost impossible to get completely into the head of a depressive uh -huh. and experience. You can only sort of conceptually understand it yeah. by holding their behaviors in, as basis of comparison. Mm. But I've never gone through that level of depression myself. I'm a different kind of chemistry. Right. I draw, my machinery is different. And right. I didn't have my heart stopped and restarted. Yeah. So do you think the common, I mean, you hear so much, but I'm asking you, obviously I'm interviewing you, I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to other people, you just hear things. So a combination of him finding out he had Parkinson's or early Parkinson's, um, and then 
a combination of his show, which I don't know why he would get so, so upset over that, but that's what I I'm guess. saying. It's like, nor do I. Right. It's so like, who cares? If, you know, it's just, he's been through things that didn't go right before. I know. It's like, and he's been through divorces before right. he's been through money problems before the kid always bounces back. And unless some giant elemental compound thing changed in the way he makes decisions. Mm. Cause that was a decision to, to think, consciously in terms of then I'm going to say goodbye to my beautiful wife, my magnificent kids, my tireless, loyal assistant who has been there at my side from day Who's one. Who's the assistant? Uh, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. And Can she has been right his... Now? Hi, Rebecca. Rebecca. You are loved and are an angel. There are there are angels right yeah. here on earth, and you're, and you're one of those. I've, been, I've never met her. How long was she with Robin for? Pretty much from the start. You know? Fuck, really? You know, from when it really started to get rolling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a bunch of years. Wow. I've known her for a long time. And is time. she the one that found him? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think... A combination? It had to be another guy is what I think. It, oh. Yes, I'm... it looks like Robin. Huh. But the part of Robin that's the guy we know, <clears throat> TV, movies, and all that mm. guy, the guy we can talk to, might not be there at that moment, you know? That part might have broken. Especially the fact that you said that he never gave anyone clues or little yeah. clues. Because... He it, might have, and look, they just weren't given to me. Mm. I can't say the clues were not given. Right. I just, I didn't experience them, but I did see a, a, a behavioral change over a curve of time. Right. And then and what about his, his, new, his third wife? Were you friendly with her? She is wonderful person she seems so sweet Susan i've never met her is before another angel and wow. another blessing and another gift and another reason for joy and things that should be all logical if your logical mind looks at it goes there's you you don't have anything to complain about unless the unit in your head that receives that information reprocesses it so it looks to you like you're in hell Whoa. For a thing that you can't tell anybody about or whatever, you know. I mean, I'm trying to read up on what experiences are mm -hmm. at that depth of depression, trying to figure out my did, friend. Did you hear the, the read the new Rolling Stone article about him? No. Did you know there's one out? Uh, no, I'm just finding out. He's, yeah, he's on the cover. I don't know what it's. I haven't read it, but I'm sure by the time this comes out, people have read it. <laughs> there's but a lot of stuff I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know if I can read it all right now, yeah. man. I mean, I'm playing. I'm still... My tape is on replay because it's decades of knowing him, and mm. the tape hasn't rolled out mm. for just initial replay of what I will miss. Mm. It's a big tape, man. Mm. It was a lot of great shows in there. Mm. And yeah. every time I think about it, it comes up. Yeah. It hit me that night that I saw you at the memorial. That's where it really hit me because we were all together, right. and we were in that room that, right. that he played in, and we were all... It was like he was there. It was like, didn't you feel it? That was a heavy night, that memorial. Yeah, it was. Huh? We needed it. That was medicine, man. We were good. <laughs> we, we needed to speak and yeah. see each other. We needed to hug. Yeah. And, you know, so it was kind of remedial. It was medicinal. Mm. What he said was true. It was a very healing and important uh, time to come together in that room. Mm. There's some heavy mojo in that room as regards Robin and all of it good. So for us to come together and celebrate and mourn and do all those things that one does with this kind of a horrible event was important. It, as Rick rightly states, it was a needed, necessary medicine. Yeah.
And I'd like to state that um, I think that, you know, uh, you know, just trying to figure out why he did it. It's like, why? Let's stop. I, I want to stop trying to figure out why here, he here. did it. Here, yeah. here. Yeah, it happened. And, you know, we, uh, we want to kind of celebrate Robin Williams' his work that he's done and, the, um, and the, the positive light and the fact that we are so lucky even to have Robin Williams in our world. Yep. His concerts that you can get are available online yeah. anywhere. You know, you're, uh, I mean, his work, uh, you know, Good Morning Vietnam and uh, Awakenings, these brilliant movies. Dead uh, Poet Society. Goodwill Hunting, Dead Poet yeah. Society. I mean, these are important movies. Nanu Nanu. Yeah, exactly. And we get into that coming up very soon. So uh, we're going to try to shift the interview into a little bit more positive. But Good. I wanted to, I wanted people to hear um, Rick and hear you and, and, and me and try, try to kind of bring them into that night that happened at the comedy store. So it's all part guys, of the experience, that yeah. darkness that you had to pass through yeah. and now coming out yeah. into the light as we are remembering the brilliant work and the brilliant times and the laughter and the joy. That's where we're at now. So they sprinkled him in the San Francisco That's Golden right. Gray his area. Ashes are Is that what he his will wanted? I didn't know that part. I don't know. I didn't see. Would you? What did you feel about that when you saw that on the news? That Robin Williams was sprinkled, his his remains or his his uh, what's it called ashes were sprinkled in San Francisco. Well, I he loved San Francisco. Yeah. And water has a symbol of mm. re rebirth and life. Wow. Built into it, Fuck. you know. And that all makes sense, hate, and it's the wishes yeah, of that of his yeah. family, and I defer to everything they want. Yeah. Um, I they their their say comes first and foremost for yeah. whatever it, I do to honor him. You know. Yeah. He's so, uh, he left a huge mark, and sometimes a culture forgets until a thing like so, this. So if Robin Williams, your best friend, is listening to this right now. You know, I'm sure you've talked to him in the last couple of weeks since he died. I close I'm my sure eyes. you've yeah. close my eyes at night. Hundred percent. I see how what how the day went. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. Kind of like Mork and Mindy, like Nanu Nanu, oh, like Robin right. calling Robin calling Orson, Rick. Orson to uh, Rick calling Orson. Rick calling Robin. Come in, Robin. Right. Rick calling Robin. Come in, Robin. What would you say to him right now if he's up there? He's he's listening to us, dude. I mean, for sure. I would say. He's up there. He's talking to you. I talk to I'm him not, right now. I'm not qualified to say that isn't true, Pauline. That what? That he isn't listening. No. I have no qualification to say that that isn't absolutely true. I think he is. There could very well be that possibility. 100%. Yeah. And on the off chance that that's so, I would say to Robin, mm. look at the mark you left on our world. Mm. Because we have so much of what you did. You will keep leaving it for us for a long time. Mm. And if you need to rest now, then that's your call, man. And you earned it. And we don't have the right to judge that part, mm. except for the fact that it hurts us because mm. we're missing you. But if it hurt you worse, we don't have the right anymore. And then it's got to be your call. And at least you're out of pain and you loved and missed. And that's it. We'll, uh, we'll never forget you, ever. Mm. Yeah. You were too good in every way, in every meaning of that mm. word. You were too good a person. You were too good a performer. We'll just never forget that's not possible.
So, um, what do you think about me um, having him speak to his best friend Robin Williams up in the sky, in there? I think that's uh, I think that's entirely appropriate because nobody knows that that isn't true, mm. and nobody knows that it is true. Mm. So, if if you feel like you're communicating with something that is a part of your life experience, who's to say that you're not? I mean, what is this just electrons? Is mm. this just you know? atoms and oxygen and nitrogen and carbon and is that all we are is there something else going on is there uh you know some sort of a a, a spirit and a like soul a, a connection, connection yeah. uh, does it just all go away nobody knows of course yeah. but i suspect not uh you know that's kind of the most ludicrous thing that okay you're alive and you live and it's dead and that's it there's nothing after that right. absolutely nothing wow. what do you mean you sleep and you went no you never wake up it's nothing that's right. kind of the most far-fetched of all of them yeah so uh if you want to look upwards outwards downwards anywhere so, and yeah. speak to someone that was here before that touched you so much uh, i'm not going to stop anybody yeah so if robin is listening to us right now and you know you had a lot of moments with him Right. What would you say to Robin right now? Um, because I know you said you went on bike rides with him and yeah, you I, spent I, a lot of time. I mean, he touched you. Obviously, you were here at the memorial. You spoke and you were f very close with him as well. What would you say to him if he's up there? I'd say Speak I'm sorry. No, I took he's that up money. there. He's I'm, up there. I'm sorry. I took that money out of your bike shorts when you were <laughs> changing your jersey. That was wrong. I know that now. I know that now. Maybe I'll give it to your widow. I don't. Maybe I won't. I'm a little short right now, but I'm sorry. It was a couple hundred bucks. Hey, I thought you could afford it. You're Robin Williams, but still, it's wrong. It's right. wrong. You felt I'm, bad now. I, I feel bad. But now you're okay. Now I'm okay. I'm yeah, not going to give the money back, yeah, but um, yeah. who would I give it to, really? Yeah, we miss you, Robin. We, we love miss you, you, Robin. And uh, we're going to hear with Rick Overton's interview. This is Ed Bagley Jr. on the premiere episode of Polly Shore's Interested. I hope you guys are still so interested. Here we go. Let's, uh, let's switch gears a little right now and talk about some of the great movies that he left upon us. Um, first was, well, first his, his career started with, was it Happy Days? That's what he got out of, right? The first pass at Mork, yeah. Yeah, it was Happy Days. Right. Were you with him when he got that, or that was before no, no, you no. no, but I, you know, like, I, I, there was a couple of times I bumped into him, but we didn't really know each other, and I saw him, you know. Mm. And I saw him earlier when he came into the improv. So, so the whole Nanu Nanu thing, how did that whole thing come about? I... I, I think I just read about that part. We never really talked about it, you know, and just made it like a, a funny sound that they liked and that the script was incomplete and that they just because they weren't sure what the hell to do with him because he went so fast mm. that they workshopped with him for a day and he riffed and they wrote off it. And there were episodes where they would just leave a blank spot on Mark and Mindy and just let him roll the way Christopher Guest or Larry David just leaves you and mm -hmm. get from A to B to C in your own words in this amount of time. Mm. And they would give him a carte blanche, which, as you know, mm. is unfucking heard of in the sitcom world to yeah. just be given blank page carte blanche. So he just flowed out of him and it accidentally came out Nanu Nanu or what? I guess that must have been it. He made a sound. They liked it. Said, do that again. Wow. You know, yeah. how did how did he he because, uh, again, I saw him on a lot of interviews talk about 
um, how he was like an Oscar award-winning actor and then people still came up to him and went, no, 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 no. How do you think that affected him? Everybody wants to be remembered for their most recent joke and not their first joke. And isn't that true? You don't want somebody quoting your earliest stuff. You want them to know you because that, you want to. Yeah. That's that's. It, it's like saying, yeah, but I'm still here, mm. and I'm making new things. Yeah, and everything, every performer. I don't care what you do. It's your latest song, your latest whatever it is, your latest book. Yeah. If you're an artist that makes more than one thing, you like it that the last thing was their favorite thing. Right. So we're here with Ed Bagley. So what do you think about that whole um, being, being? I mean, I think in Hollywood, what you work really hard to come up with your own thing, then you work really hard to get away from your own thing. Yes. <laughs> what do you think of that whole thing? I, I think you never Rick's, you never became known for like something. I like was a known noise or something. No, type nothing of, like that. Where I people really would have... come up to you on the street and go ba 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 ba, and now you're like shut the fuck up. No, it was. Uh, I was known for a while and very happily known for Dr. Victor Ehrlich on St. Elsewhere, mm. but that, you know, I did other things after that, and so I was known for other things thereafter, for She-Devil or for, you know, Arrested Development or for Six Feet Under, and, you know, I've had a, a couple of other nice projects I've worked on since St. Elsewhere, so I feel very fortunate for that, the Chris Guest movies. You know, we did, we did Parenthood together. We did Parenthood together. Yeah, and I got fired on that. You shouldn't have been. You were fantastic. I remember that. I you remember. were great. I don't. I know never why understood I, that. I never. I. I didn't. I. I didn't know. That's why it didn't go. That's why we only did thirteen episodes because you weren't in it. But do you remember? Yeah. I got replaced. I was on Parenthood. It was a pilot. If you guys, guys that are listening, there was a movie a long time ago starring Steve Keanu. Martin. Re yes, Keanu Reeves was in it. Steve, Steve Martin, Martin and Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, and and NBC Martha picked Plimpton. up. Yeah, picked up a show called Parenthood. Ron Howard did it, correct? Ron Howard and, and Brian Grazer did it. NBC, yeah. And then it was, uh, and it was good. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was the, uh, yeah. was my nephew. Uh, Thora Birch was a little kid in it. Um, who else was in it? There was a bunch of people in there yeah. that went on to, Jane Atkinson was in it. Uh, it was really a good cast and we went 13 episodes, but it just, uh, it didn't get the ratings that we needed back then in 1991, I guess it yeah. was, when that happened. And of course, we didn't have you. If you had been in it, right. we'd still I, be... Uh, I, I segue to MTV from there. You did just fine after yeah, there, pal. You, talk about landing on your feet. That yeah. worked out good for you. Yeah, no, I did my movies and went into MTV after that. But it was interesting doing that show because that was like, for me, I wouldn't say one of my first things before I hit on MTV, but it was be the beginning of my acting career when I started acting you know my first audition ever was for bill and ted's excellent adventure that was my first audition ever oh wow yeah. that's incredible yeah and i didn't get that either but well, uh, but i got i got to the end on that and that's when people started to go who the who's this guy but um i remember meeting leonardo dicaprio um because i played his for the one episode before i got fired i played his brother or his brother-in-law or something like that cousin maybe or cousin or something yeah. like that but he was very nice and very mm -hmm. good in the show. And I went, this kid's going places. And that's Thora Birch, too. She's yeah. very good. Yeah. Something's going to happen with her. Yeah, so um, so that was that. So here we are with Ed Begley Jr. We're just listening to some, some, some uh, upbeat stuff about Robin's career and the different things that he did. And Rick Overton is speaking. And I uh, hope you guys are still interested. So his first big movie, I remember Popeye as a kid, going to see it in Westwood. So that was in the 80s. 
Remember Popeye? Very I well. remember going to see Altman, man. Well, Robert, it's a Robert Altman film. Wow, interesting. My buddy Paul Dooley's in it. Wow. So what was that like for Robin? That was a big deal. He said it was a little bit like, you know, you're supposed to be thrilled with the fact that you're working with Robert Altman, but mm. it sometimes just isn't coming together right, and it's mm. nobody's fault. Mm. It's just a really brave, big, bold experiment because it isn't a, an original piece mm. completely of Robert Altman's. He has to take something that was a fucking cartoon and mm -hmm. turn that into a movie which is different because you have mm. to follow all of their rules as well as the all rules of the now you're filming humans doing it. Mm. Massive conflict in that, you know? Mm. So because it's a human not completely acting human anymore mm -hmm. and his whole thing was about making actors act completely human mm. in Altman films and so to go that departure from wow to hey come on talk to me you got an overlapping dialogue like all the other films mm. it it was a tough challenge but Robin still launched from it but it wasn't the favorite thing he ever did yeah I thought he was great in it he was great but then it, he, he totally grabbed a hold of America with Garp Oh, with Garp. Yeah, World Cup yeah. Garp. Yeah. He, uh, what year was that around? That was like, we're like the, the next 80s. two years after the after the first, uh, after Popeye. I well, think yeah, Popeye he, was 80. Yeah. And I think it was, Garp was 81, 82. Yeah. So how was that for him? Way better. And then Moscow yeah. on the Hudson. Way, way better. Right. Now he's doing every favorite thing he loves at once. He's doing like a character voice, and uh, yeah. but being pure and real as yeah, the, in character. the character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he was parting a lot because I remember him with Sam Kennison here at the yeah. store days. Yeah, he was getting. I never did. I never. I partied with Sam as a kid. Like I did drugs with Sam, yeah. but I never did that with Robin. I, I never didn't either. Yeah, I never. You know, I never uh, saw like a. I ran into him after he partied. Right. Uh, but I didn't party with him. Yeah, he never was like in a room and there was coke and there was like Richard Belzer and like fucking. That was a Walters. different. I wasn't invited. I knew all those guys. Yeah. I even knew Belushi. Yeah. But I wasn't invited to the table of that stuff, yeah. you know. They but they all liked goofing with me and playing with me, but they didn't want to bring me into the room. Right. And what was that like because he was with Belushi when he died. That seemed I like know. he was pretty pretty affected, huh? Well, I that shook a lot of us into a slightly healthier lifestyle. Yeah. It was a big wake up bitch slap to see that in the paper when I had just seen him the night before walking by and Belushi looked his skin looked kind of purpley gray wow so he was eight balling or some shit yeah i took all the pigment out of his face fuck that it was a it was a cold around him i remember when he walked up the stairs and we were at the big round table where at the prov and bud had his round table in the okay. back there and they went upstairs to the upper oh, part no. and we just felt like there was a chilly something going on there and uh that was it So you were listening to that. It seems like you were reminiscing a little bit about that time. I mean, you you um, you got pretty buzzed, huh, back then? Back in the 70s, I did. I quit all that in the 70s. But uh, John and I were very good friends. John Belushi and I partied hardy in the 70s before I got well in 1978. So but, are you sober? Uh, I'm sober now. Really? Yeah. That's 35 terrible. years coming up this year. I know. <laughs> Jeez, not even a glass of wine? No, can't do it. One's so too many in millions. Oh, yeah. 
You're a I can't straight have up one. addict. If I could have one, I'd have it, but I can't have wow. one. So, uh, so, so, when, so you've been sober 35 years. Yeah, this year it'll be December. In a few months, it'll be 35. Wow. And then uh, you stopped. What You woke I, up one morning. You go, I got to go to AA. Yeah, I, well, I almost died. I wound up at Cedar sinai with Jesus an IV in my arm Christ. going, check, please. And, oh uh, you know, God. it was bad. Because so you don't I, think of Ed Bagley Jr. fucking speedball and doing coke and all I that never, shit. I never, I would snort coke. I never, really? I never put a needle in my arm, but I snorted heroin four times and snorted a lot of blow and drank a quart of vodka every day from 71 through 78. Wow. So I was a serious parter. party. I knew I was in bad shape when in 1977 on a movie called Going South, I'm in the conversation pit at the El Presidente Hotel. They're drinking, try to outdrink this guy, Shorty George Smith, Jack Nick. Nicholson's like father figure, this guy, Shorty George, and John Belushi comes up and drags me, him and Judy drag me out of the bar saying, this is too much, we can't have it. You're like, you're gonna kill yourself. Wow. You're in, you know you're in serious trouble when wow. uh, it's too much for John Belushi. Wow. But I think that as horrible as it was when we lost John Belushi in a very different way than Robin, uh, it kind of, you know, John died for our sins. A lot of people got sober after that and i believe robin was one of them i think it shook robin to his core when we lost john in in 81 and he used to party hardy i'm told i never partied with robin because mm. i had quit back in 78 but um but i'm told that shook him to his core and got him straight back in uh 81 i think it was wow. when we lost john well, we're here with ed bakley jr this is Polly shore and we're talking about some pretty pretty heavy shit about robin williams's death and and I didn't know Ed Bagley Jr. You know has been sober for 35 years. Congratulations on that because Thank you're you. alive, and now you're an electric weird like fucking yeah, solar powered uh, madman. That's crazy. That's fucking awesome. And then, and then, what about the um, when he got his Oscar? What was that like for him? That was extraordinary, and it was subtle, beautiful. Dry, mm. heartfelt, incredible piece of work he did in Goodwill Hunting, mm. uh, and you can see he, you know, at that point in his life, he'd been through enough things to have real pain come out when he was doing that guy, mm. and no loss, you know. Mm. And, yeah, he put uh, all his yeah, his per, he, you know, the best actors they put their personal life into their right into their characters right. and stuff like that. That's right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Cool. So we'll. Um, you know, like I like I said earlier, thanks for sitting down with me. I know you've probably done a lot of these these um, these interviews because people associate you with Robin Williams, which to me is an awesome thing. I'm because I'm very yeah, grateful to yeah. have had the chance to play play with him with yeah. a lightning bolt. Yeah, it was like playing with lightning. Mm. It's a mighty feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and to be near it, uh, to be caught up in it. Yeah. For all those years, that yeah. was something. Well, I know he loved you too because, um, yeah. you know, when I when I would watch you guys, whether it was, I don't know, TV or old tapes or something, I'd always see you guys just having a great time together, yeah. almost like David Spade was with uh, Chris Farley. You know what I mean? There was yeah. like that. Like Tim Conway and Harvey Corman. Yeah. So thanks for sitting thanks, down with man. me, and then um, and then as far as the stuff that you're doing, I'm gonna do your podcast too. Thank you. Let's do yeah, it in the next so couple of weeks, we'll man. We'll do it in the next couple of weeks. Ah, that would be great. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, and not only thank 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 Rick for sitting in with me. I want to thank uh, Ed Bagley Jr. for sitting with me. This is my first episode. 
Wow, so I'm this honored. is a pilot, dude. Oh my god, I'm doing a pilot. Another pilot together. I'm gonna get fucking canceled. You can't get canceled for yeah. this one, baby. This Holy is you. Sh- this is mine. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I hope people listening got a little bit more kind of insight about what it was like to be close with Robin Williams and to be part of that. And um, again, Robin, if you are listening, this is me saying something to you, um, Robin. Uh, the world. Is, was very fortunate to have you in it and was very blessed by your spontaneity. And every time you came on TV, people were always going, what the fuck is this guy going to do? And they, they just like Joan Rivers just died, um, they broke the mold when they made both of them. And Joan, again, if you're out there and you're listening, we all are thankful and blessed for what you did for us correct? I agree. I was a big fan of Joan Rivers. I didn't know her as well as I knew Robin, but loved her and happy to have had her briefly in my life and in my life uh, on television and on stage for nearly my whole life. I was a big fan forever. So uh, goodbye, Joan. Our heart's broken in that one, too. Yeah, and our hearts go out to Melissa Rivers. Wonderful Melissa. we, We love you, Melissa, and I've been thinking about you as well. And I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I'm sure you're very affected right now, and um, but but everyone's thinking about you. And if you need anything, just hit hit us up, right? Absolutely. And Rick, thank you so much for sitting in with me and sharing your your wisdom, and also Robin's family, and Larry Bresner, and everyone that was so close to Robin. Um, we want to uh, our hearts go out to you guys as well, and want to thank you for. Um, for giving us Robin and Larry, thank you for managing his his awesome career, and you know, in in giving 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 us. I know you, we saw you at the memorial, and you you say where you first met Robin. I thought it was awesome at an acting class that you were following your 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 girlfriend too, and you found Robin there. and And I want to thank Larry's first wife or girlfriend for. Right? Exactly. Does that make sense? That was the catalyst for all this happening. Yeah, it's all happening. All right, you guys. We love you. Bye. Thanks. I want to thank Rick Overton, and I want to thank Ed Bagley Jr. Thank you so much for commenting on the beautiful life of Mr. Robin Williams. And right now, I'd like to tease next week's episode with the old school master of disaster, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Arsenio Hall. This day and age, you either go dance on ABC or go fight on NBC. So thanks, Arsenio. We'll see you next week where uh, Paul Rodriguez